Here come the Rangers again. Oh, and by the way, here we go again with the Rangers, I'll bet, this coming spring. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Penguins versus Rangers tonight at PPG Paints Arena, 708 p.m. face-off. I'll be there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Hope you have a chance to check out my written content on our app and site. There remains about as little daylight between these two teams as what there was in the playoff series this past spring that went to Game 7 and overtime before Artemi Panarin ended it. The Rangers are currently 18-10-5. They have 41 points. They've played two more games than the Penguins have. The Penguins, of course, are 18-9-4 for 40 points. The Rangers have won seven in a row. The Penguins had just won seven in a row before losing the other night in Raleigh. So they're right there. Not to mention, they're pretty much the same rosters, both of them, driven by the same people. Panarin's doing the scoring. Mika Zibanejad. Uh, Jacob Truba is taking cheap shots at people. Igor Shesterkin's heating up in goal at the same time that Tristan Jari is. And, oh, guess what? The only difference is that the Penguins aren't forced to use a third-string AHL goaltender tonight. So it's kind of fun that it's taken this long into the season for them to meet. Because you do get to see if one or both still has it. And they both do. And I'm telling you, I I would not be surprised at all if they end up meeting again in the next playoffs. Why? Well, one, I could see the Hurricanes winning the division. I could see the Hurricanes with their style, their consistency, uh, their depth. And now that they finally got some goaltending Uh, their ability to defend and hold numbers down defensively, I could see them being the ones who take off. I could also see the Devils falling off because I still can't understand how that happened. All right? I'm not being mean here, but that's just one of those things that happens like the first two weeks of the season when the Flyers were winning and everyone's going, whoa, look at the Flyers. Oh, no, man, no. Now you've seen why. The Devils are starting to drop back, but I, I just I, I can't see the Devils taking one of the top three spots in the division. I just can't. I think you'll see Carolina, and then in one order or the other, and it won't matter much, Pittsburgh and New York. And even if you don't right away, you're going to see them eventually. I, I just think this is how this is shaping up. It's starting to look like the way Pittsburgh versus Washington did for so many years, where no matter what kind of order you appear to have at the end of the season, one way or another, the Penguins and Capitals are going to meet. This is headed toward that. And tonight, tonight, of course, doesn't count in any way. So anybody who says uh, anything along the lines of, oh, it's the revenge game, or let's get these guys back, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. No, no, no. They got to be on the correct side of the handshake line. But it can be a pretty nice early season measuring stick. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. 
where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. No, really. For both teams. For both teams. The Rangers didn't get off to some great start, just like the Penguins didn't. And the Rangers are now coming into a building where uh, a couple of their guys, one in particular, are pretty unpopular. I guarantee you, you're going to hear the Igor chants again, and especially since he made it pretty well known that they got to him. And then there's Truba, who's just going to get crushed every time he touches the puck. Different people, different teams handle those challenges differently. It'll be interesting to see how Gerard Gallant and his players respond. But for the most part, it's not going to be about intangibles. It's going to be about stopping the Rangers and their outstanding transition game. Something that Mike Sullivan talked about yesterday after practice in Cranberry. Well, they're a good team. You know, we're, we've got a ton of respect for uh, the talent they have. They're a good team. They've got a dangerous power play. It's starting to, it's, it's starting to go for them right now. Uh, we, we expect it to be a tough challenge, uh, just like it always is when we play them. You know, they've got some dynamic offensively uh, gifted forwards uh, that we're going to have to be aware of. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a, a real solid goaltender. We're going to have to make it a hard night for them. Um, so they're, they're, they're a good team, and uh, they've they played well as of late. They've gone on a pretty good run here, uh, as has our team. So I would expect, uh, I would expect a, a pretty competitive hockey game on both sides. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I think of first when I think of the Rangers. I think of the fact that they can move very quickly, meaning change the point of attack, and that if you end up taking them down and you go sit in the box, you've got to deal with a really long two minutes while these guys are on the power play. They've got a lot of different ways they can beat you, but most notably, and you'll recall this from the playoffs, right in front, deflections, tips, rebounds, and a whole lot of Chris Kreider. And I'll say it again, good. I'm going to be honest with you. I might even have blurted this out on a show a week or two ago. But, man, some of this hockey that's been happening at the arena has been kind of dull, even with the Penguins winning and everything. And I know that's usually all it takes to get people excited. But the hockey itself hasn't been great, other than maybe that game against Dallas. You know, that was a very good game. I don't think it was great. For it to be great, it's got to be something meaningful inside the division. And while I will tap my stick what the Hurricanes have built in Raleigh, I'm sorry. They're just not easy to get pumped about, you know? The Rangers are something else. The moment they come out for warm-ups and people boo, you're going to be reminded of playoffs. You're going to be reminded of past matchups with the Rangers. Those of you who go way back are going to be reminded of Ronnie Francis ripping one from the red line past Mike Richter. But that's fun, you know? That's the kind of hockey you want to see. I don't care what time of year it is. I'm really, really looking forward to this on all levels. When we come back, J1Q. Q comes from Joe Abraham, who says, Hey, DK, I'm shocked you didn't make a trip across 
North Carolina to Raleigh for the game. LOL, dude, you work your butt off. And if I can speak for others, I would love to say that we all appreciate your hard work and dedication. My question is, I didn't see that Tristan Jari was injured after a couple nights off. Why was Casey DeSmith between the pipes against the Hurricanes? Uh, the answer to this, jo- well, first of all, hang on, let me get to the other thing, because I actually had somebody seriously ask me why I didn't cover both games. Uh, I was at the Steelers game in Charlotte because the Steelers only play 17 games. I make a point of being at all of them everywhere. And this was like indignant. Like you could just leave and just go to this other one because both of the teams are called Carolina something. Well, Charlotte and Raleigh are about three hours apart. And even that, I think, is if you're uh, putting the pedal to the metal. And never mind the whole, you know, you got to hang around and interview people in the locker room and so forth. So, yeah, that was um, that was not going to happen. I appreciate the other kind words you had to offer. As far as the goaltending goes and the goaltending choice, this was less about, based on my knowledge of the way Andy Kyoto and Mike Sullivan put together the goaltending schedule, and it is a schedule. They plan it out two, three weeks in advance. Doesn't mean it can't be modified. Doesn't mean it hasn't been modified, but that's how they work it. They want to make sure that the backup stays engaged. They don't, how do I put this? They don't see and they can't see until it happens that Jari is some kind of Connor Hellebuck type who's going to get you 70, 72 starts. Uh, There aren't many of those left. In hockey, there used to be a good 10 or 12 of them, the Martin Brodeurs and so forth, who you just knew were going to play almost every game. And the only times they were ever going to get off were going to be direct back to backs on the road. Well, Jari's going well, obviously. And you don't want to mess with that. And at the same time, again, if something were to happen to Jari, the last thing you want is to throw to Smith out there thinking that. Uh, A, he can just shake off any amount of rust, and B, that you really didn't trust him, you know, to ever, ever play, or you don't trust him to play against the better teams. Let's remember, who was the Penguins' starting goaltender in that playoff series against the Rangers? Yeah, it was DeSmith. He didn't finish game one, but he started it. And so the Penguins were counting on DeSmith to get them through, what, two rounds? Two rounds? At least until Jari's foot was going to be healed enough? Uh, That's not a guy that you can afford to discard in that role that he's in. So I I, I get it. I also get what you're saying because it feels like, man, you got to beat Carolina at some point. Uh, Do your best with getting you know, your best guys on the ice. I do think you're going to see Jari facing the Hurricanes Thursday night at PPG Paints Arena in the re-rematch. But I, I, I get the decision. I, I do. It, it it requires some amount of patience, and it definitely requires a, a broader scope type of thinking. The other thing is, by the way, Smith wasn't exactly bad. I know the third period had a couple of, of sequences where he looked a little shaky, but he made some big-time saves, I thought, especially in the second. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do this again tomorrow.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.